Hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Three-Tiered Eye. I'm your host, Payne Sullivan, and today I'll be reading Chapter 25 of Metanoia, the first book of the Blockhead series. I'm still a bit under the weather, but I'm going to power through this because I didn't want to leave you guys with nothing, so let's get started. Chapter 25 Wandering through the bizarre settlement, Bo searched around for an insectoid that didn't seem too busy. Many of the alien bugs watched him curiously, and while they had been welcoming, he felt slightly unnerved, being unable to read their faces. As he met their large black eyes, Bo realized such feelings were hypocritical. His own face was hidden by his own mask. Removing the cracked helmet, his skin was hit with cool air and the smell of the damp clung to his nose. Continuing his search, he walked through the Desson, watching them go about their daily life. Clamoring on the walls of the cave, dozens toiled in their flickering shadows above. They worked, grabbing globs of gunk from their mouth as they built more structures. He realized that many of them probably hadn't lived in this part of the colony, and the surge in population obviously called for more dwellings. He wondered just how many of the aliens were refugees in their own home. After several minutes, the hunter came to an opening in the cave wall, the entrance sealed with steel plating and the goo the bugs created. Four guards rested on the ground, their rifles aimed at the wall rather than any passerby. From the sounds that clanged faintly on the opposite side, he could easily guess why. As he approached, the guards took notice, waving their antenna in greeting. Maybe it was a greeting. He couldn't be exactly sure. To his fortune, though, one of them held a small orb. Hello, human. We must ask you to stay away from this place. I'm sorry, I was just looking for the communications, Bo told them. I will take you. Just know any transmissions will be monitored, the bug informed. Leaving its post, the Destin led him away, guiding through the winding roads. Block after block passed him by as he followed the alien down through the colony. Finally, the bug showed him into a dingy hut filled with hardware jumbled together. A lone Destin worked away along the consoles, its many hands jumping from keyboards and knobs. Turning to meet its guests, the alien shook and clattered to the human's escort. Gabesh will help you with communications, it told him as it left the shack. Unable to properly communicate with each other, Bo hesitated before speaking. I need to reach a ship docked at Avrock Station, he said. Rocking back and forth, the Desson fidgeted before scurrying off. Returning quickly, the alien held in its hands a hollowboard, writing on the transparent screen with its fingers. Finishing its work, Kabesh raised the board to bow to show a practiced digital scrawl. We have no allies at Alvrock who will help. We have tried. I do, and if I can reach him, he can help. Chattering in newfound excitement, Kabesh led the man to one of the old terminals. Turning dials and clicking the buttons, the descent sent a signal out through the cosmos. A connection was made shortly after, a bored voice crackling through the static. Look, we've told you a dozen times, we can't send any ships out. We're in Kana Empire space, and we can't just risk... I'm not involved in the war. I'm trying to reach a ship docked at one of your ports, Bo interrupted. Oh, you're human. Uh, sure, what dock do you need to be routed to? The attendant asked. Give me dock 3850CH. Alright, I'll patch you to them, the man on the line said. As the link clicked off, it flared back to static before a familiar voice picked up through the white noise. Input code. Side demanded. 3MM2P7, 
Bo recited. Confirmed. Hello, sir. The droid said. Side, we're stranded on La Shada and need a pickup. Is the warship still watching the station? Bo asked. No, sir. The cruiser warped away shortly after your departure. Good, Bo sighed, feeling elated. How soon can you depart? I can leave as soon as I receive your coordinates, sir. Leaning around, Kabesh tacked away at the buttons, sending their location to the droid. Sent it your way, sighed. Hope to see you soon, the man said. I will arrive shortly, the droid promised. Crackling to silence, the fuzz of noise cut off. Bo couldn't believe it. They were actually going to get out of here. He didn't let himself get too excited, however. He knew to reach freedom, he had to plunge once more into what was most certainly hell. If the quarantine half was anything like Koskurs, he had his work cut out for him, and he couldn't even imagine what infected Dezen had become. Thanking Kabesh, he left to go and search for Jenna to tell her the good news. Weaving around the aliens, he was beginning to recognize the layout of the underground city. It took almost no time to find his way to his daughter. Knocking on the wall, he stepped past the metal threshold to come across a steep drop. The small room was well lit, and the slope was rocky with plenty of handholds. For going the climb down, he jumped to the lower level two meters below, landing heavily on the floor. Electric lighting filled the chamber, lighting up two Dessen who were tending to Jenna. She lay awake, as she was tended to, the many hands of the insects treating her injuries. The stasis cast had been removed and sat on a small table at the bedside, the inside stained with blood. Beside it was his own brown helmet, the shattered T-shaped visor glittering in the light. Jenna looked like she wasn't in pain, and her left arm was covered in glistening biogel, and there was an IV line connected as well. Across her legs was the long coat that belonged to Pin, the memory of a sacrifice catching him for a moment. She wouldn't be here if it weren't for him. His gratitude would never end for that. Catching his eye, the Darrow smiled weakly and waved him over to her bedside. Seeing her welcoming a guest, one of the Dessen turned. Hello, human. You are her caretaker, correct? Yes, I am, Bo said with a thankful grin. She has spoken a great deal of you. You may approach. Our procedures are done, the orb the alien said as a new cast was clicked in place around Jenna's arm. Taking notice of the dried blood caked to his chest plate, the Dessen asked, are you injured? No, I'm fine. I'm just here to check on her, he assured them. She will need much rest, and we will continue checking on her status. We will take our leave, the large alien said. Crawling up the wall, the pair of bugs left them as Bo sat on the edge of the girl's bed. How are you feeling? Waving the smooth silver cast in the air, she shrugged. I feel great, just tired. I don't even feel pain anymore, she said. Her voice was very shaky. Have you eaten? Bo asked. Yeah, they gave me food. They've been taking good care of me, Jenna replied. Bo felt warmth surge through his body as she spoke. She was safe. Jenna, I'm sorry. Oh, shut up. You've done nothing wrong. You saved me. Again, the Darrow said with an assuring look. It's not your fault what happened with Asher or Owen or whatever. How did you know, though? For real. As soon as you saw her, you didn't trust her, Bo asked again. I didn't know. I don't think there is any way any of us could except for Ovnis. I really, really, really just didn't like the way she looked at you. It was gross. Ugh, it was way overboard. 
You should all have seen it sooner, Jenna said. No one could possibly be that into you. Despite her condition, she managed a teasing smile. He couldn't find any words to express his gratitude to the young Daros, so instead he reached over and gave her hand a squeeze. Side is coming, he finally said. We'll be getting out of here in a few hours. The only problem is the spaceport is overrun. I kind of remember hearing that, but I thought I was dreaming, Jenna said. She bit her lip before continuing. You're not going to leave me again, are you? No, he assured her. We're all going. I'll carry you if I have to. Good. I'm really ready to be back home, she said as she settled in more. Resting her head down on the pillow, the girl closed her eyes before murmuring, I'm sort of tired. I'll let you rest. We're going to need it, Mo said softly. Are we taking any Dessin with us? We can't just leave them here, Jenna said. The man considered it before saying, Yes, we can help evacuate those we can. Owen brought the shuttle down for some reason, so we might be able to use that too. That's good, she said drowsily. Within moments, she was asleep. Whatever medicine that had been administered finally pulled her into slumber. Standing away from her bedside, Bill replaced his helmet and ventured back out. Deciding his next step, he began to make his way back to his given hut. His own advice should be heeded. They were all going to need to be ready before plunging into a nightmare once again. Thank you for joining me once again for another episode of The Three-Tiered Eye. Metanoia, as well as the theme of the podcast, were both written by myself. And you can find more of my work at pain-sylvan.squarespace.com where you can find Amazon links to all my books. And speaking of books, I have news. I'll be coming out with another book this month. Uh, as I said, my break is over. And because of that, I've been writing again. And I am going to be releasing the second Toad book by the end of March. It will be titled Toad and the Vile Garden. And I'm very excited. My very good and dear friend Zoe Smith is doing the cover as they have done several of my covers, and they are an incredibly talented artist, and I encourage you all to go follow them on social media under I'm Okay With This. They are very fantastic. And as I'm sure you can still tell, I'm sick, as I have been sick for what feels like eternity because both God and health have completely abandoned me, and I'm just withering away, and the only thing sustaining me is beer beer and pokemon let's go pikachu so uh thank you again for listening uh with the release coming up and more episodes on the way all i can say is the future is looking bright and have a nice day